Welcome back to this week's episode of Breaking Up. My name is Michaela, if you are new, and this is my weekly podcast where basically we talk about anything and everything, but I try to pin it back to relationships and dating or something that you're breaking up with. Season two, let's go. So today, as you can tell from the title, I want to talk about the biggest mistakes made in my 20s, as well as including mistakes made by um, friends that I've asked this question to. 30 seconds into recording and my cat decides to rip up everything near me. If anyone else does social media or needs Zoom calls or anything that involves like sound, do your pets instantly become naughty as soon as you need to record? Because I feel like my cats pick up on my like energy when I start to record because I'm elevating a lot more energy than when I'm sitting here in silence, obviously. And I feel like as soon as I start recording a video or a podcast episode, they get so loud and rambunctious. (laughs) Luckily, one of my cats is passed out on the couch. She's asleep. The other one, though, looks like she's looking for trouble. So there might be some background noise to this episode. Uh, Like I was saying, though, I also asked some friends in my life their opinion or experience and what they believe are the biggest mistakes they made in their 20s. And then I took it a step further and I went to Instagram. Follow McKayK17 on Instagram if you want to be included. And I asked on my stories for biggest mistakes made in your 20s. So we have a ton to talk about and I think this would be really fun. And I think this is going to be really fun and interesting to learn and kind of reflect on at the end of the episode too. If there's anything that I haven't mentioned that you thought of, please let me know. Just out of curiosity, I love this type of conversation, but that's the gist pretty much. Uh, Usually I start these episodes off with like a weekly recap and update on my week. To be honest, I was brainstorming kind of what happened this week and I have genuinely no idea. Like the reason I started doing this weekly recap is because this is a great exercise for uh, someone who recently lost their short-term memory skills, aka me. Uh, I had like a really bad concussion last year and I've noticed a lot of differences in how my mind works since then. But I cannot remember anything short-term within like the last few days now. If I'm hanging out with a friend and they're like, so what's new or what did you do this week? Even my partner Ashton, if he's like, how was your week? I have no freaking clue. I have to look at my camera roll. I start, I feel like I'm turning into my mom because she, aren't we all? But she has always kind of been like this and I used to give her so much crap for it when I was younger because I have a very selective photographic memory. Um, I feel like I can't control it, but there are instances where I remember every single piece of dialogue, attire, like what someone is wearing, um, answers on a test. Like there, there are things in my life that I vividly cannot help but know and remember clearly. But when it comes to short-term stuff, out the window. That is Luna again. If you heard that, Um, so usually I have to take like a ton of pictures. So usually I always have to scroll through my camera roll just to figure out like what I've been doing the last couple of days. So it's good. It's a good thing that I take so many pictures because typically every single day is documented. But when I was like trying to figure out what the heck I did this last week, honestly, nothing major at all. Just the mundane routine of editing and filming and getting my life together. I don't know. Just hanging in there, I guess. 
It's been pretty gloomy here in Minnesota, which is such a bummer because it's currently April 27th when I'm recording this, meaning that May is in three days, and I think it's 30 degrees right now. Like, it's freezing here. Luckily, though, we have a few days of rain, and then I believe next week it's supposed to be like 60s and 70s, so we should be up there with the spring, early summer weather. It's just taking a while this year, and that directly affects my energy, my mood, my motivation. So I feel like I'm in this in-between hibernation and primetime space right now where I don't fully feel like myself, but it's also not the dead of winter. We're getting there though. Like we're definitely getting through it, but back to the weekly recap. I did absolutely nothing worth mentioning this week. And hey, that happens. Not saying it was a bad week. I know that last week's episode was kind of recapping a harder week that I had, but sometimes like having nothing to update on is good because it means that nothing terrible happened, right? Without a big weekly recap to update you on, we can get right on into the biggest mistakes made in my 20s. I made a huge list. I've spent the last week brainstorming and thinking about these and really any free time that I mentally had, I was trying to think of more. So I think I get, I definitely accumulated like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 12, 14... Over 20 things, and I'm sure I'll think of more as I start rambling. Um, To be clear, though, I don't really believe in making mistakes. Obviously, if you mess up, like, big mistake. But when it comes to choices that I've made in my life, for the most part, I would say that I don't think it's a mistake because everything does happen for a reason, and I, I believe that. I know there's, like, typically two types of people the type of person that believes everything is fated and happens for a reason, and then the type that believes everything is based on luck. I think it's a mix. Uh, Definitely a firm believer in manifesting good luck, but I do believe that everything happens for a reason. Even the small, tiny, like, ripple effects, they have a really big wave in the ocean. So that was, like, such a corny metaphor. I'm so sorry. But there are a few things, regardless of me believing that everything happens for a reason, there are a few things that I would do differently now that I'm older. Well, I'm 27, so subjectively take that as you will. But there are definitely a few things that I would have done differently in my earlier 20s now that I know better. I mean, hindsight is always 20-20. But when I'm thinking of... And honestly, like I'm really happy with how my life turned out. I am very grateful for where I am right now. I wouldn't want it any differently. And I know that everything had to happen in my past to land me here sitting at my dining room table at 11 a.m. in the morning recording this episode on a random Thursday. Like I'm very, I'm happy. Um, so with all of that being said though, just there are a few things that kind of feel like a punch in the gut or I regret. Not really. mm, I don't know if I regret it. There are just some things that I Knowing what I know now probably would have told my younger self um, not to do. Some of these are serious, some of them are lighthearted, but let's get into them. This episode is brought to you by Banish Skincare. I've been using Banish products for almost two years now, and my skin is forever changed. Banish uses natural, clean, and fresh ingredients that make your skin grow 
grow. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that makes your skin glow, clears up blemishes, reduces redness and aging. Not only that, but Banish has an at-home microneedling treatment that has truly changed my skin and has brightened my face, reduced acne scars, and helped reduce acne in general. This is not just an ad to me, but I recommend Banish to everyone. It's the only skincare company I will use and have used for years. They have this awesome vitamin C moisturizer that I put on every night and every morning, an oil serum to use after microneedling that helps moisturize the face and reduce redness, there's a mint cleanser that feels so good on your pores, a fresh enz pumpkin enzyme mask, and most recently released an awesome sunscreen moisturizer with 30 SPF and an anti-aging retinal serum that I love to use before bed. What's awesome is you can get all of these products in a bundle that allows you to save money or you can purchase them individually, but try out Banish today. I have an affiliate link in the description of this episode as well as a discount code for you. Use code Michaela 10 at checkout. That's Michaela 10 for 10% off. I promise you, you won't regret it. If you got it, monetize it has been my mantra since 2020, and I firmly stand by it. If you have a talent, skill, or something that you are good at, monetize it. I really believe that there is a way to make money doing what you love. Whether that is crafts, dance, public speaking, or even something like yoga, there is a way to monetize it. Check out my new merch on my spring shop linked below to wrap your passion today in a stylish and cozy hoodie with the motivating reminder of if you got it, monetize it. And to say thank you to my listeners, use code PODCAST in all caps for 10% off. That's PODCAST at checkout linked below. All right, let's get right on into this list of the biggest mistakes that I have made in my 20s. Now, I am only 27, so I guess I do have three more years. Well, two more years, I guess, because I'm almost 28. Yikes. I have two more years to make mistakes, so who knows? I might have to revisit this or add some things once I enter my 30s. Oh my god, I'm scared. But <laughs> getting older definitely freaks me out. Anyway, here's what's on my list. Number one, buying into fast fashion trends or honestly trends in general. Um, as I, these last few years, I have definitely moved away from fast fashion and micro trends and honestly worked on trying to gather a more timeless, minimal wardrobe of stuff that I genuinely don't think I I wouldn't want to wear in like a year or two. And primarily this is because I had spent so much money as a teenager in my young 20s buying these trendy things from like Forever 21 um, for like 20, 30 bucks, which was a lot back then and I guess still is. And then in like a year or the following summer, having it be out of trend and out of style and not being able to wear it. It's like the very obvious ones, like the shoelace, uh, collar chest thing, you know, when like the, what do you call that? When the, the, um, the cut of the shirt was tied with a shoelace, that was really trendy in like 2017. I definitely had so many tops with that. And then the next summer I remember not wanting to wear any of them. And I had bought so many, um, like slits, certain slits inside of a shirt. I feel like they look so cute, but I don't want to buy something that I know is going to age faster than me um yeah it like hurts to think about the money that I have wasted on these outfits which looked freaking cute for the time but then I can't even 
resell them at like a Plato's Closet or Buffalo Exchange because by the time that I'm ready to resell them, no secondhand store wants to buy something that's out of trend. However, if I do have more minimal timeless pieces, like I recently tried to sell a ton of clothing at Buffalo Exchange and they took like these really old Brandy Melville tops, but they were basic, like they were neutral, they were tan, they were just a t-shirt, you know? Uh, so it was harder to tell like the timeline of how far they have aged. Either way, I think it's a big waste of money. I don't want to support these companies that probably don't have the best environment for their workers. Like I know a lot of these clothing companies are sweatshops or use underaged um, like children to make the clothes that you buy for seven bucks off of Shein. So I will do my best not to buy into fast fashion trends and support that. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't age well. So biggest mistake was wasting so much money buying into fast fashion trends or even like purses and sunglasses and stuff that's like super cute, like in the moment, anything from like Urban Outfitters basically that I bought at like 22, I regret. <laughs> The next thing on my list is not paying off my loans sooner or at least prioritizing it because interest. Um, I probably wouldn't, I definitely did my best at the time to pay off these loans. So saying my biggest mistake isn't paying them off sooner would be harsh considering I was barely scraping by at some points in my 20s or I had zero income because I was still living with my parents or in school so I know I couldn't have paid them off however in my super super young 20s and years before that I had no idea what people meant by interest accumulating on these loans like I had a monthly payment plan for my car or for other loans or for school debt and I just let the monthly payments come out and then I at some points did have a very disposable income because I was living at home still so I didn't have bills I didn't have rent and I was making I was making money from serving and YouTube so I would just travel a ton which I do not regret like I'm glad that I went to all these places and have those memories but at the same time I had the income in the moment but I did not have the knowledge that I was paying so much in interest because I was like oh no like my loans just automatically come out each month when I paid off those loans, they told me how much I paid in principal and how much I paid in interest. And some of these loans, it was like $2,000 of interest alone for like a not that big of a, of a loan. Like, I'm trying to remember, I think it was like maybe 20K, 10K, 8K. I, I'm sorry, I don't remember the total of these loans, but I remember the interest. Because at that time, and hell, even today, like... I could really benefit from the $2,000 that I paid in interest. And if I had been a bit more aware and on top of it, I would have done better and paid less in interest. I just simply was unknowledgeable and naive and had zero clue. So now that I do have loans out again for a newer vehicle that I got, well, new to me, it's used. And then credit cards and all of that, like I am trying my best getting everything paid off as soon as I can because it hurts when you see that interest. Uh, yeah, and I just, I mean, I'm sure adults told me too in my young 20s, but there was no prefrontal cortex there at all. So I had no clue. I would have rather just gone to VidCon again. <laughs> Number three on my list, this one I'd say is pretty common when I 
asked on Instagram, I feel like a, a lot of people said similar answers to this, but staying in toxic relationships because I didn't realize they were toxic. Whether this is relationships, friendships, dynamics of all sorts, before you have that experience or just the awareness of what it means to be in an unhealthy or toxic relationship, you have nothing to compare it to. You have nothing to base it off of. So there were definitely a handful of relationships that I, looking back, can clearly see all of the red flags, can see the toxic elements to it, the unhealthy aspects, like everything. It was Some of them were so bad. We're in the moment. I'm like, girl, what the heck? Like, I don't know what I thought at the time, but looking back, I'm so distracted because my cats are playing. There were definitely relationships, though, that looking back, I'm like, girl, what the heck? Because without like exposing too much on the internet, I know I've, I've talked about parts here and there, but there was a relationship I was in where we just fought all the time. I mean, I was definitely young, young 20s, like I want to fight type of energy, which is not good. And I'm not saying I was healthy in this relationship at all. We were super unhealthy for each other. But like, I literally called the cops on this person. And there were so many things said and done or actions or very controlling situations where looking back, I just want to tell her that that's not okay. Like tell my younger self that, your partner should allow you to do things or you shouldn't have to like do X, Y, and Z or you shouldn't feel this way about who you're dating. But in the moment, I think I was honestly just so happy that someone wanted to date me, which again, another big mistake in my 20s that I didn't even think about whether or not I wanted to date them. Um, And there were some friendships too where... And that is what my cats sound like whenever I'm trying to get work done. Kind of lost my train of thought here because of the cats, but basically there were just a lot of different instances now looking back where I'm like, ooh, that's really toxic. But in the moment, I was so young and naive and just unaware because I hadn't been in something that wasn't toxic that I couldn't tell that it was bad. Like you should, there were so many things where it's like, you shouldn't have to do that. And, you know, based on the healthier relationships that I've I've had since, I'm like, oh, this is how it's supposed to be. But when you're that young, you really have no idea. So you live and you learn. The next thing on my list is treating my body poorly uh, in always, like drinking, eating habits not taking care of myself, sleeping, like whatever it was, like there were so many times where because I was young and dumb, I didn't treat my body like the temple that it is. And I know that's super vague, but you can fill in the blanks with anything or any experience that you have with treating your body poorly because I do feel like that's pretty universal. And I don't want to get into specifics here, but in a lot of ways, I think my body deserved better and I'm happy that I treat my body so well now and I prioritize that and myself because it wasn't always like that. Kind of going off of that though, the next thing on my list is just drinking, period. Like biggest mistakes in my 20s, drinking. 
being dumb with the decisions that I had made while under the influence. So many, so many times, so many different things. Um, and it's not even the type of decisions where you wake up the next day and you're like, oh my God, that was so stupid of me. I wish I didn't do that. No, it's where you wake up like five years later and have that realization that that was dumb and you shouldn't have done that. Uh, and I'm sure those moments will still come to me in a couple of years, but I don't know. There are a lot of things that shouldn't have happened and I'm not blaming like the alcohol itself because I am definitely the one to blame and in control here. But I also know that if I wasn't drinking, I probably wouldn't have made the decisions that I made and I don't know. I mean, you always regret if you are like you would. What am I trying to say here? You never regret not drinking. I think like you would make you might regret drinking, but you would never regret not drinking. Like on a night out or something. And I probably would have just benefited from being more sober more of the time. The next thing on my list of biggest mistakes made in my 20s is losing contact with people that I love. As I just grew older, a lot of the people that I cared for in life and I, we just grew apart. And some of these relationships you kind of assume like is so strong that it's never going to go anywhere. But if you don't give the relationship the attention, care, and love that it needs, it does die. And I've seen this happen with people from my childhood, high school, like adult figures that I looked up to, and just friendships throughout the last couple of years where some, not all of them, make that very clear. But there are some where I do regret losing contact and Now it's just gotten to a point where you just feel like it wouldn't happen naturally to reach out or want to try. And I'm not saying like you shouldn't or can't, but personally, I just know I probably wouldn't. But I don't know. I miss people sometimes. And I miss the people that really helped me when I was younger and needed, like, I needed the certain adults in my life. And I should have, but because I was a child too, I don't know. I'm very hard. I, I'm hard on my younger self, but she was doing her best and I need to remember that. Uh, kind of going off of that though, the next thing is not prioritizing relationships that have now faded, knowing that I could have saved them. Um, this is, I guess, basically the exact same <laughs> as the last thing listed, just worded differently. But in terms of like friendships and high school friends and teachers that I had, oh my gosh, I was that girl growing up that loved all of my teachers and had a very close relationship with so many of them that came to my graduation party that like the first thing that I did when I graduated high school was friend all of my teachers on Facebook. Like I could not wait to be able to do that. I don't know if that's like a universal rule or just something that my high school had where you just can't be Facebook friends or friends on social media with teachers. Yeah, I'm not sure if that is just like something that's Because back then it felt like it was illegal, but now I'm like, is it illegal? Probably, because it could be seen as grooming. But like, it wasn't, I wasn't like friending all these guys or girls. I guess I'm queer, but you know what I mean. Um, I just like loved them so much as my teachers. And we would do like dinner nights at school sometimes. Like, I had teachers that genuinely took so much care of me or took 
a lot of care for, what am I trying to say? Um, that cared a lot for me and went above and beyond their hours of teaching to make sure that I'm okay. And we would have like dinners after school together and they would like be there for me. And I had like the phone number of a few teachers and it was just really, I mean, everything was in a very healthy, like a-okay way. Nothing was like weird or sus, but I, they, they were adults in my life that I knew had my back, um, that I lost touch with. And I, I feel like they gave me the space once I entered my 20s and was okay and had like my own safe spaces. They gave me the space to grow up and figure out my own life and do my thing, but I should have kept them in the loop more. And I regret that a lot. And the same goes for my high school friends too that were there for me through everything. Like, And these weren't just high school friends. They were like friends since like preschool in some cases because I went to a, a school... I went to a private school, so it was like super small, and I knew basically the same kids my whole life growing up with them, and my grade was so small. It was like 96 kids in my graduating class, and I knew all of them, like since we were babies, basically, like preschoolers. Once a year, we might get like two or three new kids and like maybe one or two people would leave but for the most part like it was that type of relationship and it was that type of friendship where I just I knew like almost 20 years of information about someone and you cannot replicate that in your 20s when you are making friends and that's something that I learned kind of the hard way when I was making friends is that These people, as much as I care and love them, they will never know and understand me the way that these people I grew up with. And it like really hurt sometimes when I needed that, like when I needed someone that understood me in that way and I didn't have anyone left. Um, I know it's really common to not be friends with anyone from high school or to kind of like burst out of that bubble and then not want anything to do with people from high school. But there are some relationships that I feel like I, I I should have been better about. And to be fair, I don't think I really knew how to be a good friend until my mid-20s, like until my brain fully developed, honestly. And I think back about ways that I handled situations as a teenager, and I just know that I wouldn't have reacted that way now. But I don't know. Most of my relationships and friendships that I'm thinking of right now are just ones that faded over time and I am 50% responsible for that between another person where I could have reached out or done a better job but yeah very sad I don't like to think about that too much because I do think that I'm right where I'm supposed to be but there are always people from my past that sometimes cross my mind or if it's like their birthday I don't like I still remember my first grade best friend's birthday from first grade like just because I knew it back then and it's ingrained into my mind where every single year on that day I'm like oh it's so-and-so's birthday today I would never like reach out to her because we haven't talked in a million years but it is funny that that stuff sticks with you so things like that will pop up and I'll be like oh or even like yesterday it was one of my really good friends from high school 
we're not friends now, but like at the time it was her birthday. And I remember how her birthday fell on prom both years or senior year. Like one year, I think it was the night of prom. And then one year it was like the morning after prom. So when I saw that it was her birthday, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe this was like my senior prom so many years ago. So there are things like that that I think will stick with me forever. The next one on my list, not putting myself out there sooner or not putting myself out there enough in terms of my job, social media, publishing even. Like I, once I realized that you only grow and get somewhere by putting yourself out there. And once I realized you have nothing really to lose by doing that, I was doing it a lot. But when I was younger, the negative doubts, I guess, in my mind of not being good enough or somebody else is better, they were there. So when I think about like social media, I had been itching to start a YouTube channel pretty much my whole life, but definitely the last couple of years leading up to when I eventually did start it. And I know divine timing, everything happens like exactly as it should. And maybe things would be very different if I had started my YouTube channel sooner. But the amount of joy and excitement that I got out of starting that channel makes me wish I had done it sooner. Um... Of course, in high school, the few girls that did have a YouTube channel were made fun of. And it took me breaking out of that and going to college and then realizing how untouchable I was away from my high school peers where I was like, oh, I don't care if they make fun of me because I'm just alone in my dorm room and that can't affect me anymore. And I started my channel and I was so happy with it that I wished I had done it for so much longer. Or like I mentioned, publishing. So I went to college for my writing degree, English, creative writing, all of that. Huge writer. That was my big identifier in high school. Um, And I wanted to like move to New York and be a writer and all of that. So I started submitting pieces for publication at 19. And I immediately got four publications that summer. So crazy. Such... A crazy accomplishment that I'm very proud of um, and then I kind of drifted and I didn't like submit more but I feel like and I'm trying to get back into it now like I definitely have been submitting pieces here and there but my brain feels so different than when it when I was like 20 years old like I could write in my mind I could write a lot better back when I was younger and I if you've seen the movie oh my gosh what is it called It used to be like my favorite movie. It has the word love in it with Lily Collins and it's like about a writing family and I'll think of it. I was obsessed with this movie in like 2015, but there's a quote in that film that says something like most of the great writers have written the best pieces they'll ever written by the time they're 25. And I feel that like, I don't think I could curate what I had in the past now, but anyway, Um, I wish I'd put myself out there more with my writing and published more, but it doesn't mean that I can't start doing that now. And I am social media kind of going off of YouTube. Like there was a lot of imposter syndrome with my job and feeling like 
I'm not really a content creator or it's just so hard because you kind of do have to fake it till you make it. But like, when do we actually make it? When are we not faking it anymore and getting to the point where we feel validated enough? Because I still feel like I'm faking it every single day. Um, And I talk about this with my partner too, because even though our jobs are very different, he's a tattoo artist, they're also very similar in the sense that we made our own careers, we make our own jobs, we're each other's, like, we're our own bosses. He has his own private shop, he emails his clients, like, he does it all, he doesn't work underneath someone, and I do the same with what I am doing. And we discuss it, too, where he, not to, like, expose everything about him on here. I feel like he's very private and I don't want to do that. But we've discussed like how we at times feel like we're faking it or have imposter syndrome. And it's just hard to believe that like we're, I don't know, maybe that's more me or whatever. But it's nice because I can talk to him about that and he gets it. Um, But like I was saying, when do we actually make it? Because (laughs) I'm still over here faking it, even though I thought like I hit 100k on YouTube last summer and I got the plaque and I thought when I had the silver plaque I'd be like okay now I'm gonna feel like a real YouTuber but I don't really like I do YouTube but I I mean I am a real YouTuber but I feel more like I was a real YouTuber like a few years ago when my channel was kind of more at its prime and I was more relevant let's be real but um Same with Instagram. And it's so dumb because you rely on like numbers or engagement and blah, blah, blah. Or like if I, when I get like my first paid brand deal of like this amount of money on Instagram, then I'm going to feel validated enough to call myself something. Or like once I hit, I don't know, 10, 20K on Instagram, then I can say like I'm an influencer or then I'm a real content creator, influencer person. Influencer is such like a negative word to me. I hate using it to describe myself, but it is what it is. Anyway, all of this ties back to just not believing that I was good enough and not putting myself out there sooner. You just got to do it. Like fake it genuinely. Put yourself out there. Pretend that you are already like successful and you will be successful. I don't know. You just got to live in delusion a little bit, I think, but off of that, I think I already said this, honestly, the next thing that I have listed is not believing I was good enough for someone, for a job, to do a yoga trick, etc. So yeah, just the negative thoughts and doubts that I had in my mind of thinking that I couldn't. Yeah, that self-worth, self-esteem, self-value, it is so much higher now than ever before because I know what I'm worth. I know what I can handle. And yoga, I think I a lot of it does go back to yoga. Like I have learned so much on the mat and in the studio and yoga has taught me so much more about myself than the physical poses that you're doing. It's taught me that I can genuinely do anything. Like there's so many tricks, poses in yoga that I never thought I'd be capable of. But the day that you get it, And you, even if you don't nail it right away, you're just like a really wobbly version of this pose. As soon as you do that, like your self-esteem or capability goes up immensely and you realize that anything is possible. Like I'm discovering that every single time I practice yoga and there are so, I mean, highly recommend yoga, but there are so many benefits to it. And for a job too, like 
not believing that I was good enough to actually like use my degree or be whatever I wanted to be when now I'm like I know I could even though I I I would have to like fake it but um and the other one too that I have listed like not believing I was good enough for someone how about like is that person good enough for me because I kept in my past just assuming you know how I want someone to want me or think about me or blah, blah, blah. When you, you have to flip that way of thinking and start thinking like, okay, but like, is this person like, am I, now I can't even flip it. Like, is this person good enough for me versus am I good enough for that person? And just realizing your worth and being like, they should want to be with me and not just me trying to be with them. Or I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. (laughs) Lost my train of thought there, but I think you get the gist. Ah, the next one that I have, kind of a lighter one, but my, one of my biggest mistakes is losing my Snapchat and having it deleted. Um, you may remember in 2020, this happened abruptly, I, I was dumb. This was before OnlyFans like really took off January 2020. The only person that I knew that had one was Trisha Paytas. And I didn't even really know what the platform was at that point. But I made one. And because I wasn't doing at the time, like I was like, oh, I'm just going to post like lewds and bikini pictures and anything that I could post to Instagram, but in more of like a spicy way, you know? Um, that was like my initial thought. So I basically just posted a picture on Snapchat with the link and said, subscribe to my OnlyFans. Within a couple of minutes, I got an email saying my account had been deleted. No warning, no like ban or, you know, when they like suspend you, it was just gone. I was in utter disbelief and shock. I sat there in silence, couldn't believe it. Like it's not that big of a deal, but it kind of was in the moment because I made that Snapchat account when I was in 10th grade. I had almost 10 years of memories on that. I really built up the platform. I had so many people on there that I wouldn't necessarily text or talk to on another platform, like people from high school and whatnot, um, that it's just easier to like talk to on Snapchat or people that I honestly like didn't have on any other platform, but I had the connection on Snapchat. So it was hard because I lost a way of communicating with people that I ultimately just stopped talking to in general. And then I lost so many memories of things that I had on my Snapchat camera roll that weren't actually on my phone. I will say that a solid like 30% of those were, were probably from previous relationships. So it was probably healthy that those were gone for good. But as someone that never deletes anything and wants to keep everything, anything of sentimental value I want to keep, that was really hard for me to have it just completely wiped. And I'll be honest, like I had built up a really high Snapchat community and it was working for like YouTube and other platforms. Like it was doing great. So it was, it was hard that I lost that at a time when you were just starting to make money on Snapchat as well. Um, and I mean, it's a minor one, no big deal. I'm not crying over it, but if I could go back and change it, I absolutely would. And I would not have made that mistake to have it deleted. I did recreate like a new Snapchat account after that. And that one, because it was new and like 
just wasn't fully protected. I didn't set it up all the way. It didn't have like anything on it. That one got hacked, which is annoying. And I don't know what they thought they were going to get on my Snapchat. I mean, if they hacked my original account, they would have had so much juicy crap on there, just like teenage stuff. Um, But my old account was like two-factor authentication, like good password, but I just didn't care about it when I made a new one and I forgot to set that part up. It got hacked pretty easily and it was gone. And by that point, I did make a third account and I was just done over it. It was hard. I had people like send me screenshots and text me and be like, is this you? Because I had added them from a new Snapchat account so many times that summer. And I was like, yes, I'm sorry. But it just, it wasn't the same. It was hard to rebuild that. But I think it's ultimately a good thing because it's kind of weird to still have a Snapchat when you're in your 30s, in my opinion. And when I was single post losing my Snapchat, I got the question of like, do you have Snap? Ew, thank God I don't. Like, (laughs) I'm genuinely glad that I don't have to deal with that anymore. And I, there was like this one instance where I was with this girl who was a mom and she had a baby and she was like texting her husband on Snapchat about their kid. And I was like, that's weird. Like, I'm so glad Like, I never even thought about being a married, like, in my marriage era and, like, having a kid. I never thought about, like, Snapchatting my husband, asking if the baby went to bed. Like, I don't know. Like, to me, Snapchat is just very high school-y. So I I think it is ultimately good that that's gone. The next thing on my list is saying something when I should have been quiet and being quiet when I should have said something. Obviously, this depends on the situation, but you know how it is when something goes down and you get home or you're in your car afterwards and you're like, oh, I should have said this or I wish I didn't say that. Um, Obviously, I don't think I would be able to know the right thing to say or not say in the moment. You only kind of know based on the reaction of what occurs, but there were times where I probably could have stood up for myself more especially with like strangers that are just being rude um but there are also times where I know I reacted instead of responded to that I don't know I'm thinking about like a really bad employer that I had a few well a lot of years ago at this point and how just He treated us to the point where I believe so many parts were illegal. And if we had like a decent HR team, like he would not have been in power. But there are so many times where because I was young and he was my boss, he would say things that are so derating, so disrespectful, like really bad if I actually told you in person. Like, I don't think this is the platform to just expose some of the stuff that he said, because like I said, if we had HR, it would have been so bad. Um, But there were definitely things that he said to me individually or even like around other coworkers that were very inappropriate and very bad. And um, I just laughed or didn't know what to say because I was uncomfortable or because I was 22 and had no idea it was bad. But now there's so many things I could say or same boss, but 
different instance, I got suspended from the, like a week of working at this job for something that now I know is completely fine and I should not have been suspended over. But because he was like telling me I was in trouble, basically, I just like cried and went home instead of standing up for myself and being like, actually, there's no way to prove that this is like what you're saying it is. And it's not actually, but because somebody else was gossiping about it and tattling to you, these some, I don't know, it's a lot, but it should not have been an issue. Um, yeah, his pure existence just makes me mad, but <laughs> definitely some mistakes there. Okay, another light one that kind of deals with my Instagram anxiety. I've never really talked about that, but I think it's super common. Basically, my next mistake is deleting old Instagram pictures. I I guess I still am, but I'm better about it. I used to be very... OCD about the way that my Instagram looked, the layout, the pictures, the color, everything. And if something looked off or didn't flow well, I used to delete it. Or like old photos, if they didn't do to whatever level of well that I wanted it to do after posting, I would delete it, which is so bad. And now I've gotten better. And thank God you can archive posts now and then bring it back. But, you know, back in the old days, you couldn't do that. And I had so many classic millennial 2010 Instagram posts that I wish were still up and I can vividly see them in my mind, but I know they're gone and I wish I left them because it was such, what a time, you know, like Valencia filters, Nashville filters, the frame. I wish I had those and they were just moments of my high school with like friends and whatever that I don't have like the original photo anymore and... Yeah, it makes me kind of sad, but it is what it is there. Ooh, next thing on my list, wasting money, which is written in all caps. Wasting money when I was earning more, I got too cocky. Let's be real. That's what I wrote. <laughs> um, I'm referring to the prime time of my OnlyFans career when I was making an insane amount of money of combining OnlyFans, referrals, YouTube, brand deals, like prime time to be alive. And I definitely was as smart as I could be at the time. I paid off all of my loans. I saved, started investing, bought a house, but I did get a little cocky with my income and you know, splurged on expensive items or dinners or kind of like the fast fashion trendy stuff. Like I bought some big, bigger purchases, bigger items that weren't necessary that I didn't need to buy. Um, And I regret not putting that money elsewhere, but it taught me even more. And now I'm even better now that I'm not at that same place. Let's be real. Um, The next thing on my list, I don't really think it's like a mistake because everything makes more sense in hindsight, but I was definitely dating a few people from my past that I don't think I even liked or like I almost needed my older self or a friend to just shake my shoulders and be like, you don't even like him. You just don't want to be alone because now that I'm with someone that like I really, really like, like I love him. But in terms, because I was saying like earlier, um, now that I'm with someone that I am just 
so over the moon with. Like, and I know for sure over the moon with. I know for sure this is not how I felt when I was younger about other people. Um, But when I was younger, I had no idea uh, how do you feel when you really, really like someone. uh, And there's just no way to really know that until you go through it and figure it out. Um, And maybe emotions just build as you get older and they get stronger and stronger through each trial and tribulation. But when I was younger, I definitely feel like I'm I might have just liked someone because they liked me or because they wanted to be with me. And, you know, before you have those first relationship experiences, you think, I'm so sorry, my emails are being so loud. Um, I hope you don't mind. But before you have your first relationship experience, at least for me, because it happened so, well, not even that late in life, but at the time I felt behind, you, I... I genuinely, like, you feel like, at least for me, I felt like no one wanted to date me or it was so hard to find someone to date me. So when I finally found someone that made it easy to date me and wanted to, I was like, oh my God, I love you because you want to be with me, but not because I actually had feelings for you. But I I didn't have those strong feelings until I had them for somebody else later on in life where I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't think I actually liked that person back then. I just like that he liked me. I know that's kind of cold to say out loud, but hope like I don't mean it in a cold way. Uh, again, just hindsight 2020. And there were so many other instances where I might have just stayed with someone because I didn't want to be by myself. But in the moment, that's really hard to figure out and get to when you're in that headspace because your brain won't tell you other things. But it is just night and day sometimes the contrast of how I feel now or since then compared to past feelings where I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is how it feels. Now I understand what people mean when they say certain things where I'm like, yeah, like I genuinely, whatever it is, I'm like, yep. I know that was so vague, sorry, but. Okay, next one. Being more open with what I want in situations and relationships. Tell them. Um, Specifically, I guess, like, situationships and relationships, but also in terms of, like, friendships or, like, bosses or what you're looking for, be straight up. I don't know why I was so timid or afraid to say what I actually wanted. Um, and there are times where, you know, you you don't want to rock the boat or maybe you are starting to see someone that you really love or like at that point and you're just afraid that if you tell them how you feel or what you are looking for, what you want, that it might not work out. But if they're not looking for the same thing, then obviously it's not going to work out. But if you're more upfront and just say it in the beginning, it'll save everybody time. It'll save so many tears. Um, the worst, I just turned off my sound. I'm sorry. The worst is when you get to the point of attachment and then the truth starts to come out and I saw this a lot when I was like seeing someone that had more of an avoidant attachment style, but you believe that you can get them to change or fall for you or want something differently down the road and you hold on and then it gets to a point where that person with avoidant avoidant attachment style breaks and they just dip so quick. They like get the ick and they got to leave and then you're really 
broken hurt, but it could have been saved if you just had a conversation early on and got to a point of agreement before your paths shifted too much. Um, Or in my really, really young 20s, when I was just trying desperately to find someone that wanted to date me, which is what I was saying earlier, you know, about like dating someone that wants to date you and staying with them because of that. But I... I had to go through it a couple of times before I learned that I needed to start telling people that I was looking for a relationship because if they weren't, I'm just going to get hurt. And I did. Um, And even with like jobs and friendships too, being straight up, like I'm so much better about telling friends that I meet, like how I am as a person, meaning like I'm very introverted and I go through periods of time where it's super hard for me to text back or I'll text back right away. Like, please do not take it personally. I'm doing my best, but having like a casual, chill person that understands that works so much better than someone that might be just more of an anxious attachment style in general and freaks out if you don't text them back right away. I can't deal with that. Like if someone got mad at me for not responding within an hour and sends like a follow-up text, now I can't respond for like even longer. Um, That also sounds harsh. I said it lighter in like a TikTok where it was like when you were about to respond to someone, but they send two question marks and now you have to wait longer because it just does something. So having people that understand that, but then also being aware and telling them, it just helps. Like being straightforward in general, just do it. Speak your truth. (laughs) Okay, the next couple of things on my list have to do with finance, but not starting an investment account sooner. Like I mentioned, during my primetime OnlyFans era, um, I started an investment account, but I was so unaware of it earlier on in my life because I was told that it was like gambling or if you don't understand something, it's just tough, right? So I quickly educated myself on how to make my money last longer, how to grow my money, how to make my money make money. And um, I owe a lot of what I know about investing to Andre Zik on YouTube. He had the best, most educational videos. And I think he was also kind of in his prime at this point on YouTube, like 2020 era. And I opened up a I opened up an individual account, I opened up my Roth IRA, and I should have been doing that years prior. I mean, I think we'll always regret not starting something sooner when it's successful, but when it comes to money, like, and I really made my brother when he turned 18 start, and he's going to be so much more, like, educated and well off because of it, but that's a regret I have, kind of piggybacking off of that, not starting my IRA sooner, so like my Roth IRA, my investment, or my retirement account, because I don't have an employer that's going to give me a 401k. I need to do it myself, which is fine. Um, I started mine at 25, but if I started it at 20 or 18, like, Okay, you can only put $6,000 a year into it. So if I maxed it out every single year, I could have retired so much sooner than, well, I'm not yet, but you know what I'm saying. So again, like I think we'll always regret not starting something sooner when it comes to finance and money and anything that can 
further you in life, and that's one of them. I'm glad I started one, but again, would have been better if I started sooner. So if you have not yet started an investment account, get on that. I'm so serious. If you need, um, if you haven't, this is, oh, I don't want to turn this into like promo, but I do have affiliate links for investment accounts through Robinhood, I believe Charles Schwab too, and like other platforms. So definitely hit me up because we both benefit. You get a free stock. I get a free stock. It's basically free money just for signing up. So you cannot lose. And I value every single penny. I know some people are like, yeah, but it's only like five to $10, but that five to $10 could expand to like 20, 30, 40, depending on the stock market and make your money, make money, you know? So um, I think I'll link, I link them in my video description box. I have a highlight saved on my Instagram or just shoot me a message and I'll send you a link, but definitely start one if you have not. The last finance thing that I have listed is not starting my high interest savings account sooner. So again, piggybacking off of investing savings accounts. I had one, like it wasn't a high interest savings account. So my money was just sitting there. I honestly never heard of this until my mid twenties, but there are like specific accounts meant to hold. I don't want to mansplain this either. I'm so sorry. Basically it's exactly what it sounds like. High interest on your savings. So I moved all of my, at this point I was saving for a house. So I, you know, had a decent chunk set aside. I put that into a high interest savings account and the interest rate was over 1%. So I was making over $100 a month in interest. If this were in a different type of account, I would have been making pennies. Um, so being smart with where you're placing your money. If you haven't looked into this, definitely recommend searching high interest savings accounts, compare some interest rates, figure out banks that you like prefer and get that set up because I still use mine and my it's a place where my money is just able to go a lot further than any other place basically. Next thing on my list is letting my anxiety control situations, thoughts, outcomes. Um, there had been a lot of instances in my past where obviously you can't really control anxiety but there were times where I let my anxiety determine the outcome or I listened to it instead of like the people around me or rationally. And this is definitely more of like a muscle or something that you just need to work on with the help of others and have support for. But there were times where like I didn't go to certain events because my social anxiety was so paralyzing. I would literally stop halfway there and like have to turn around or pause or cry. And social anxiety is super paralyzing and it's so contrasting because you can be in a setting and suddenly your mind can shift and warp reality so off to tell you that like nobody wants you there. You're the ugliest person in the room. Everyone here hates you. And then you have to leave. And the truth is, I don't think anybody's really thinking about you. I mean, in that way, obviously people think of you and care for you, but I mean, this stems back to like high school even, but back then I didn't know it was anxiety. I thought it was the truth. Like there were parties in high school that I like left the basement at and went outside just for fresh air and like quiet space because I thought, no, it was weird. I thought other people thought it was weird I was there. 
But looking back, I just, I don't think that was the case at all. And that's just anxiety. I just didn't have the knowledge or like the therapy at the time for someone to tell me what that was. And that still happens to me to this day. Um, And there are instances where my anxiety just is so bad that it has messed up a lot of things that I regret, but I'm at the point where I just like, I can't let it happen anymore. It probably will, but I've got to be better and I'm trying and I have learned to like let people in and tell them kind of what's up so that they're able to help me. Um, But I just don't want anxiety to control the outcome anymore, any more than it already has. The last thing that I have listed is allowing other people to define success for me. Um, Like I mentioned, I did go to a private school and, you know, private schools have those connotations and the stereotypes attached to them. I didn't really fall under those preppy stereotypes, but I was in that environment. And in my school environment, there is only one path to success that they highlight, and it is college. It's, it is like the nine to five. It's, um, it's the Ivy Leagues. It's the doctors and lawyers. It's the, like the type of alums that my alma mater recognizes are the people like that most of the time. Um, and there are so many different types of successful people and paths to success, but it took me realizing that on my own after high school for me to understand how narrow-minded and perceived success really was in high school and the way that it's taught. And honestly, like, I didn't have to go to college right away, but I felt very forced into it, I guess. I don't know. That also sounds very privileged. Like, Going to college is such a big privilege, but, and I, I'm, I'm like first generation for that too. My parents took a very different path. And I think that's what made it so hard for me to understand because my school was teaching me one thing, but I saw the lives of my parents and I'm like, well, they didn't go to college and they're fine. They're successful. I thought of like the few like celebrities that I knew of or, you know, notable people where I'm like, so-and-so didn't go to school and they started a company. Um, and I, social media was, I mean, this was pre-influencer era. Um, so I didn't have too much to base it off of. Like Vine was still a thing, but the next couple of years after high school, I started to really understand that there are so many different ways to success and depending on who you want to be, college is important for that certain career, but it's not the only way. And I think it, in the beginning, it made me perceive people that took a different path differently because I was only taught one thing until I realized that there are so many different ways to be successful and I had to figure it out on my own instead of allowing these previous adults, mostly from my alma mater, alma mater to define success for me. Because that is a very traditional form of success, but there are so many different ways to be successful. And it really does, like... Go, come down to your own definition of personal success and what you are looking for because your version of success and when you feel like you've hit that point of being successful is so different than somebody else's. So they might not feel successful if they were in your shoes and vice versa. 
and my form of success is exactly where I am today and like being able to build everything that I have now and giving myself the safe space in this home and making this home like the magic house that I've dreamed of it being and having these two cats and really like the simple joys in life where I'm like this is success like having a healthy relationship and a good adult relationship with um, my family and my parents and getting to a point so many places like different instances in my life that I never thought was possible that now I can sit back and be like this is success for me this is how I define success oh my gosh (laughs) having a job where I don't have an employer like I learned very quickly that that was not going to work for me having the same schedule was not going to work with how my mind works and having a good day honestly is success for me when you're battling like certain mental health um, things just having a day that goes well sometimes is all you can really ask for in terms of success so That was a big lesson, I think, throughout my 20s that I've learned and have come to, but it is just so crazy to think back on just the last seven years of my life and how much is different, how many things have changed, and who I've become. When I was 20 years old, I still wanted to be a writer living in New York because I thought that was like such a unique dream to have. I mean, who doesn't when you're like out of high school and writing like poems, being like, I'm going to live in New York. very unique experience for sure but I hadn't even no wait no I started my YouTube channel at this point but um compared to that girl to who I am today like I never even thought I would be where my house is located I never thought I'd put roots down here and now this is what I want and who I am and I've changed even just going from extrovert to introvert like there's so many parts of me that are so different now I think a big part does um like the the pandemic plays a big part for sure. Like I would probably still be pretty extroverted had I not been in quarantine for so long. Um, I know I've talked about that a lot, just about how it is like a muscle and it was very strong and used before COVID. And then after that, the muscle's weak. And I just, I'm not confident with it the way that I used to be but I could if I was forced to be social every single day probably get back into that but um yeah just to sum it up basically like the biggest mistakes that I've made and take up the most space in my mind are honestly losing touch with high school friends that I knew my entire life because they knew me like nobody else ever can And for my unsafe decisions made while intoxicated, that had severe consequences. And a lot of those I am very ashamed of, like who I was. I'm very ashamed of who I was during those times and how I may have treated people who I cared about and who cared for me uh, when I wasn't thinking rationally. Like, I... I don't even know if I want to share this, but I just... One that comes to mind is, like, how I treated someone when I wasn't like super intoxicated just a very small instance instance of what I did to that person while drunk it's not that big of a deal I guess I'll just tell you I like threw water on them like it's kind of like comical now but they like got me a glass of water to drink because I knew I was very drunk and I thought it'd be funny to just throw it at them and that's something that like hurts me to say now because I cared for that person so much and that was so mean and we were in like a public place like I was just 
a messy drunk that time and it's so shameful for me but I'm so sorry that I did that and I like never want to treat someone like that you know so those are if I have to like list my top biggest mistakes it was definitely like losing friendships and being too drunky drunk but that is everything that I had listed for my biggest mistakes made in my 20s um I feel like I covered a handful of different categories um and I'm sure there will there will be so many more that will just randomly come to mind but I wanted to get some other people's opinions as well so I actually texted two of my friends and asked if they had any and I wanted to share theirs as well so the first friend that I um asked if she had any like big mistakes in her 20s she said that uh she guess I guess I'll just read it verbatim because I can't keep changing the pronouns here from I to she but she says I guess this wasn't technically in my 20s but I think to be honest going right to college after high school was a mistake for me personally I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life and that's a lot of money to spend on an education that you don't even know if you'll need also probably just not putting myself out there in school and in life like I definitely regret not joining more clubs and activities in college and never really stepping too far outside of my comfort zone I totally agree especially about the college thing because I kind of touched on that a little bit earlier but it is so much money to spend and like I was saying about like certain paths of success like if you know you want to be a certain type of um like doctor, lawyer, I know those are like the two big cliches, but if you know you want to be that, then absolutely go to college right away because you know like what you want to get out of it. But if you're unsure, I know you can go to college and declare undecided and figure it out, but it's so common for people to go to college for something and then do something completely different a few years later. And like this friend in particular went to college and then went back to school for a different career. So yeah, definitely something that I relate to a little bit and understand. Um, and I also agree, like, I probably should have joined more clubs and activities in college. I went in for class and immediately left. I was commuting, so it was just in and out. Um, and I can't believe I never mentioned it, but stepping outside of your comfort zone, how did I not have that on my list? The second friend that I reached out to... Um, sent me three things. She said, number one, nurturing friendships instead of only leaning onto a small group of people slash investing in friendships. Totally agree. I talked a lot about this. I feel the same way. Number two, put yourself out there after a breakup instead of wallowing in it. This is such a good one. Um, I feel like obviously you have like your sad moment and it's hard to get over a breakup when you're grieving the loss of it. The post-breakup glow-up is so real. Um, And the confidence, too. Once you enter that stage of a breakup where you just have this amount of confidence, oh, heck yeah. Um, And number three, she said, doing things that make you uncomfortable. Definitely reiterating what my other friend said about stepping outside of your comfort zone, um, doing things that make you uncomfortable. You only grow outside of your comfort zone, and that took me so much longer than it should have to learn and realize but um yeah highly agree with both of those statements okay I hate to do this and I usually don't structure my podcast episodes like this but I didn't I thought I would honestly be done with the episode by now 
I'm not. I still have to share my Instagram responses and talk about movies and books. <laughs> but I have an appointment in half an hour, so I need to take a break, get my lashes done. It's a lash fill, not like a serious appointment, but I do have to get ready quick and leave and go to that. We'll take a quick break for you, and hopefully the audio still sounds fine when I get back, and we'll film the rest of this episode BRB. All right, I am back for my lash appointment. I'm so sorry for that break. I really thought I had enough time to finish this episode, but usually it takes me about 40 minutes to an hour. I guess I was just feeling super chatty today and I ran out of time. So I'm back home. Um, hopefully this feels fluid still. Um, shoot, I thought of another one on the drive home, a big mistake, and now I can't remember it. But I feel like it had to do with anxiety or like some decision. I don't know. I'm sure there are so many I'm forgetting, but I want to share what people on Instagram said were their biggest mistakes in their 20s. So I mentioned this, but I asked in my Instagram story if anyone had anything to contribute to, like what their biggest mistakes would be. And I got a lot of really good answers. Um, There seems to be a theme to a lot of them in terms of like relationships and stuff like that. Basically, like I think most of them boil down to like staying in a relationship too long, which I also did talk about myself, but I thought they were really interesting. So I'm just going to read probably all of, well, a good handful of them. Um, It's anonymous, but we'll just share some responses for the most part in chronological order I have going to college before figuring out what I actually wanted to do. 100% agree. I feel like I talked about that. Do you hear my cat scratching again? I just got home. Silence. They were sleeping. I come home, start chatting, and they're scratching stuff. Oh my god. Uh, But yeah, I feel like a lot of, like me and my friend, um, even my last technician today, it came up about college and how it's like super helpful if you know exactly what you want to do but she and i both had slight regret about going before we realized who we wanted to be um mm, i got some weird ones that i'm definitely gonna skip (laughs) i should have pre like read these ahead of time um comparing my path to others comparison is so toxic or it can be i think most of the time i agree with that one a lot staying in abusive relationships i don't know i didn't know what healthy love was i feel this one so much and i did talk about that too about how like i had nothing to compare it to so i didn't even know how bad and unhealthy it was until i was no longer in that same same category another person oh my god here comes the cat scratcher I'm telling you, these girls were silent until I hit record. Um, But yeah, on the same topic, somebody else said not leaving an abusive marriage. Oh my God. I had my sound off. I'm so, I'm sorry. Feels like it's a little bit of a messy episode, but I, I really like this episode so far of recording. So hopefully it doesn't bother you. Um, But not leaving an abusive marriage Kind of on the same topic, though, someone else said not leaving an abusive marriage, um, not living in the moment as much as I should, work in progress. That's a really great one. I totally agree that this is something I could work on as well. Um, 
because I either focus too much on the past or the future. I forget the saying, something about how anxiety is, oh, I can't remember. I can't remember the, the, the phrase at all, but something about how a certain, like fear is the future, anxiety is the past, but it's not quite that. Um, my therapist, when I was in high school, had a really, my cat is being sneaky around me and I feel like she's up to something. You know, when they do that, like jaunt, that little skip, I'm like, what are you skipping about too? Um, I think I was still in high school, but my therapist came up with the, the, the 10, 80, 10 rule for me. Cause I did, I spent so much time focusing on the past and worrying about the future. So she said, um, 10% of the time you can think about the past, 80% of the time you should be thinking about the current moment and then 10% about the future. And it's definitely something great to keep in mind. Um, I hope the sound is okay. Does this sound all right? But yeah, it's definitely something to keep in mind. And I still think about that when I spend too much time feeling super anxious about the future or worrying about how something happened in the past. So 10, 80, 10, constantly thinking about that, probably more than thinking about the moment. Caring what other people or caring what others think, period. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Um... Putting other people first, that's a very common one that I got as a response. Not doing something or missing out on or going somewhere because I was sad. I feel this one so much. I talked about this too with like anxiety, how I let that control the outcome. Um, But it is hard sometimes to think about something and realize that like an event, if someone was like, oh, how come you weren't there? I know it's because of like my mental health or emotions or something. It is hard to think about what I've missed out on because of my um, mental state of mind. Someone said, not listening to the red flags. It's so funny. Like now I am, I'm pretty good at identifying red flags, but I do feel like in the past I was very, very blind to them. Um, but you live and you learn. Staying with someone out of fear of not being able to live on my own. Okay, again, I feel like this one, it might be like a fairly common fear, or at least I had that to an extent about being alone, not really living on my own, but it is hard if you're like merging lives, Um, especially if you do this so young, like the couples that move in together straight out of high school, um, that can be really tough because you just don't have that life experience yet of living on your own, but it is so empowering like when you go through that. Um and get on the other and make it to the other side let a man determine my self-worth yeah big mistake I agree with you there loving someone who didn't love me back been together nine years and have two kids together oof that is pretty much your entire 20s nine years out of 10 yeah these are very some of these are like super sad I don't know if I said that or gave a warning but a lot of these are sad and it's just hard that people um carry the weight of stuff like this. I mean, I do too, but it's a good release. So hopefully this is like therapeutic in a way to just let it go. This next one though, I feel it in my bones. Someone said credit card debt. 
I definitely relied on my credit card a little bit too much these last couple of years with just home stuff. Um, you know, I thought I was able to rely on, yeah, finance stuff just changed a little bit and I had to charge some stuff that I didn't want to charge. You know, life happens and you have to charge big bills or accidents and just trying to pay that off as fast as I can. Listening to other people too much, missed a lot because of it. Um, uh, not leaving my ex even though I was unhappy. That's so hard though because it is like a comfort thing. Like when you're comfortable with someone, there are a lot of fears that come with that. So I think I've been in similar situations for sure. Saying no to so many good opportunities because of the guys I was dating. This one is so interesting. I never even thought about that, but there were definitely some things in my young 20s that because I was in a relationship, I didn't feel like I could pursue. Nothing terrible, but looking back, I, it depends on your partner. Um, I'm not sure exactly the opportunities that this person's talking about, but I totally feel that like pinch of regret almost like this one person, the one that was like super toxic where I was like, it was so bad and I didn't even know. Um, I had someone like want to buy my socks for a hundred dollars and I'm telling you like worn socks. Absolutely. I was so happy to, I didn't see anything weird with that. Um, and I made the mistake of showing that to my boyfriend and he freaked out, got super sensitive and was very uncomfortable. I shouldn't say sensitive because I do think sensitivity is a quality, but he got very upset and uncomfortable by it and basically didn't allow me to do so, even though it was just socks, even if it was just like undergarments too, like I'm pretty comfortable with stuff like that, but he was not okay with it. Um, I think about that occasionally because I was like, damn, that would have been like an easy $100 and I was in college and could have really used it. And I guess now, like I've never asked my other partners, but I just don't think it would bother them as much. So yeah, I could think of some opportunities like that for sure involving like travel too. Um, someone said, thinking I was in love. Oh, that one breaks my heart. Dating someone for four years that sucked all my energy. I was in a similar situation like this too. I hate, I, I hope, mm, I feel bad. I don't want to keep saying like me, 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 me after these, but I just don't know how to like bounce off of that answer. And I want to talk more about them a little bit. Um, but that one can really suck, especially if you get energy from other people or you like feed off of their energy. Yeah, energy sucker and energy vampires are not it. Not finishing school, falling for the red flags, got married too quickly. Somebody else said marriage with a laughing emoji. Um, I got that one kind of frequently too. A lot of people regret getting married in their 20s. Um, always searching for someone to be with rather than being content with being alone. Okay, this person put it so well because that's what I was basically rambling on about earlier. Um, but there is joy in being alone. And once you get to that point of peace, I think you realize like the qualities of it. But I really enjoy my alone time for sure. Someone said too many to count. <laughs> um, biggest one is not staying true to my inner self. Putting myself second. Yeah, that one. That one hurts. Saying yes to something to help heal my partner, but it destroyed me. Oh, that one's very deep. Um, ouch. Yeah, that one makes me sad. 
dimmed my light for my ex and put my dreams aside. See, a lot of these have to do with um, exes, relationships, marriage. And it's sad because everybody deserves the best. Um, and then the last one that I just got in is impulse spending. I totally agree with that one. I think that was like the first one on my list too, was like buying into fast trends. Impulse spending is so tough. Like there had been some, even this last week when I was at Target with my partner Ashton, I saw a really cute swimsuit cover up, beautiful color. Um, We're going to his, we're staying with his family this summer and his family's got this huge pool out in the mountains in California. So I was thinking of that trip and how it would be nice to have a cover-up piece when we're at the pool. So I like logically had a reason, but then I realized at the checkout line that I didn't need it. It was like 30 bucks or 25 or something like that. And I was like, I got to put this back. But there had been so many times where I would see things specifically at Target and just instantly get it. Or whenever we go antique shopping, it's just so easy um, to impulse spend, but definitely really bad for my wallet. So I totally get that one. But I'm so glad that people contributed and sent in some of their personal mistakes that they've made. It seems like the biggest lessons that we've all kind of learned is, you know, what we deserve, self-worth and like regretting not leaving somebody bad for us sooner but it is hard because you you don't realize like sometimes how badly you're hurting until you're not hurting anymore. So those lessons are definitely tough to to kind of grow through. But that's kind of all I have on that. Um, I love kind of ending my podcast episodes with a recap on the books, movies, TV shows that I have indulged in the past week and just kind of like talking deep diving into some of them um, because I I love hearing this on other podcasts when I'm also watching the same thing or getting recommendations. And I realized that last week I forgot, I, I like brought it up, but then I forgot to go back to it about the book that I'm reading. And I'm currently reading Manic by Terry Chaney and it is so good. It's a memoir about this woman and um I think she's a she's a lawyer in San Diego and it's about her bipolar disorder and it really hits home it's written so well she writes it in like um chunks of episodes of like mania versus depression so it's slightly not chronological but it's done so so beautifully the way that she talks about bipolar is so real and different than like a textbook or the stereotypes and there are so many parts that I've underlined and like related to so um it's real and it's pretty easy to read you know like you get through it pretty quick so I'm really glad that I'm finally reading that book I've had it for kind of a hot minute but definitely recommend if you like memoirs or need something that's like a quick like it's it's it glides really easily it's definitely like it has more substance to it than like a Colleen Hoover book. So it's not like that type of easy read, but I really do recommend it. And it just like helps normalize and validate a lot of things for me. So that's really good. I'm almost done with it. So if I'm lucky, I should be able to talk about a new book next week in that podcast episode for what I'm reading. Um, I really didn't watch a lot of movies or TV shows this last week. Can you guys hear the water bowl? 
My cat's drinking water and it's loud. Okay, anyway, if you hear it, you hear it. I can't wait for her because she's still playing in her water bowl. But I really didn't watch a lot of content this week. Um, but the one movie that I did watch with Ashton over the weekend was Puss in Boots, like the new one, um, per his request, not mine. But I don't know. It was nominated for a few things. Was it the Oscars or Academy Awards? Academy Awards, I think, for like film. And then I guess one of his tattoo clients was like raving about how good it was. So he wanted to watch it. We gave it a shot. And honestly, it was not as good as everyone hyped it up to be. I mean, like it was exactly what I thought it would be. Uh, but Shrek is still a lot better. So for our weekend movie night, it was Puss in Boots. And it was it was a movie. Um, the one other thing that I did watch this week, though, was Pretty Baby, Brooke Shields' documentary on Hulu. Oh, my gosh. It was so good. I genu- like I knew a little bit about her career, and I heard of some of her earlier movies, like Endless Love. Um, and I won't spoil this at all, but I had no idea the extent of her career as a child and how terribly she was sexualized as, like, literally a pretty baby in Hollywood and the type of modeling shoots that they had her do, the type of like nude photo shoots that they had her do as a kid. And it's really gross when you think about it from, you know, like a 2023 perspective, because of course the big excuse is that nobody like quote unquote knew better back then or things that they did back then you couldn't get away with now. But um, and that's true, but it does make me worry. Like, what are we going to say in 20 years from now that we're getting away with today? Um, but there was a lot in like some of the films that she was in as a minor. There's no way they could recreate those films today. They talk about kind of her emotions now. And she I mean, it's so good. It really does deep dive through everything and it just breaks your heart. And it's so sad. And you don't realize like because you only see her characters in this film and how she like obviously wants you to think of her like in interviews and like all of that but when she talks about it now from like an I don't know how old is she she like 50s now from like that perspective like you can tell it breaks her heart um and she has two daughters of her own now so it's really cool because at the end of the documentary there's like a scene where she's having dinner with her family and there is kind of like that contrast of now that she's a mother and she understands it or like one of her kids was like would you ever let me like model or make a film like that and she's like absolutely not you know so it like puts a lot of things into perspective but um I just had no idea how badly Hollywood failed her when she was a child and how they treated her and how men treated her and it gets really dark at some points um but they highlight so many parts of like Hollywood history that I think are really important to know about and it it makes you really sad for what she went through but Um, there's just so much always, you know, behind the scenes in Hollywood that you are not aware of. And I'm glad that she finally was able to highlight parts of her career and like stuff that happened to her. I feel like it must have been really therapeutic to finally like speak her truth on how she was treated. And it didn't really stop. Like after she was a child, it just shifted. You know, she went from like 
these predators basically and doing a lot of like exploitation as a child to being like mommy shamed when she started having kids or like her relationships being exploited and it was so interesting so it's only like a two episode docu-series but I think it was about like three hours total I just watched both of them one night and it was good. It definitely, like, made me do, like, a Brooke Shields deep dive on the internet after. I wanted to see, like, the trailers for these films. I wanted to, like, see more about her career. So if you haven't checked that out yet and you have access to it on Hulu, I highly recommend. Um, yeah, I feel like I'm hitting kind of like a plateau place with TV and movies. There's just nothing left that... I want to watch. I feel like at the start of 2023, there were so many things premiering that I had to watch. And now that I've seen them all, I'm at that point where I just have to wait until summer for new shows to come out. And I don't know. So if anyone has any recommendations for something to watch, let me know. Um, it's a weekly struggle between Ashton and I choosing something to watch on Hulu, Netflix, Peacock, Disney+, Plus, Amazon Prime, and we end up watching something stupid like an early 2000s rom-com. So if there's anything else good that I haven't yet discussed, please let me know. I'd love to check it out. Um, okay, I feel really good about this episode. It's a long, hearty, like hour and a half. I hope that you enjoyed. Thank you so much for listening. Definitely shoot me a DM if anything made you think of like another mistake that you've made in your 20s or a book or a movie that you'd recommend. And... I'll see you next week, or I guess I'll talk to you next week in my episode, but you can keep up with me on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok in between, and check out some links below. I'll link down anything and everything mentioned. Um, follow. Please give me a good rating. <laughs> Have a wonderful week, and we'll chat in the next episode. Bye!